Good morning, Faith Promise. How you guys doing? Woo! Great to see you. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving as you saw that video for our Christmas series begins next weekend. Want to challenge you? Go to faithpromise.org backslash Christmas. Go to our Facebook, like that, put it on your Facebook, pin it, email it, text it, get it out. When we did Open House, you guys sent out 70,000 views of, the, of, of our promo for Open House. Therefore, it was the largest attended series we've ever had. Great correlation. How many people invite? How many people come? So take that. Get it out. It's going to be unbelievable. We're going to wed some Christmas characters with some Faith Promise stories. And it is good. it's going to be a great time to invite your friends. So if you will, get that. It's huge. Now, if you will, in your seat or what is this little card, Faith Promise Survey, Pull it out. I don't see it. Wave it at me. Come on. We're going to do this right now. Get a pen. That's not enough. Keep. Come on. That's not all of you. Pull them out. That's going to help us. All right. Now we're going to do this together. Grab a pen. Uh, if your pen doesn't work, there's ushers around. So let's, I'm going to read this to you because if you did not bring your glasses, you will never see this. <laughs> Number one, how long have you been attending Faith Promise? Less than a year? One to three years? three to five years, or over five years. There's a big reason why we're doing this. We're going to start doing it every year so we can see the health and areas we need to improve. Number two, during the five years prior to attending Faith Promise, did you regularly attend, regularly attend? That doesn't mean C&E, Christmas and Easter. <laughs> did you regularly attend a church elsewhere? In the five years prior to coming to Faith Promise, were you active in a church somewhere else? Which of the following steps have you taken at Faith Promise Church? Next steps class, are you in a small group? Are you serving or are you giving? You could have one, two, three, or all four. Check whichever boxes apply to you. Number four, are you with me? Are we okay? If you're okay, say I'm okay. Over the past 12 months, how many times have you invited someone to Faith Promise Church who does not attend a church anywhere else? Zero, one, two, three, or four or more. Check the appropriate box. Zero, one, two, and I had people last night that checked zero that came and said, I did not realize it's been a year since I invited anyone to church. It was a wake-up call. Well, it's not why we did it. There's another reason, but it helped that person. Gender, male or female, or do you need us to help you with that? Number six, age. Middle school or high school, there's none younger than that because they're not supposed to be in here. Uh, middle school or high school, 18 to 24, 25 to 30, 31 to 35, 36 to 45, 46, 55, 56, 65, over 65. It's number seven, stage of life. I'm married, I'm single, never married, I'm divorced or widowed. And then one open-ended question, number eight, if there is one thing that you would like to change about Faith Promise, what would it be? You can see that we gave you about a quarter of an inch to answer that. So we really didn't want any input. No, it says you can't read it. Answer this one on the back. So if you, there's one thing that you could change, what would it be? And it can't put the senior pastor. It doesn't work. All right. Now finish that up. And then if you would, as soon as you finish that, pass it to the right. And the person at the end of the aisle is going to collect those 
And then we're going to give those to the ushers. They're going to keep working until we get all that. We want to make sure that we are accomplishing the vision. And these questions we believe will help us. We're going to do that annually. Uh, we chose this weekend because this weekend is a, it's the number one travel weekend of the year. 43 million Americans are on the road this weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. And so we knew this would be the core, that we'd be here. So it's a great weekend. So pass those ushers, keep working to get all those. Hey, can I just tell you one thing? Can y'all guys work and listen at the same time? All right. Almost $1.4 million, Heart for the Harvest. Man, just blown out of the water. Wow. Last year, there were some large items given, so cash in the offering, over half a million dollars more than 2013. That is significant. And I, listen, amen. Give the Lord praise. Your faithfulness, your sacrifice, humble me more than I can say. I said in my quiet time, I said, Lord, would you give me words to express to your church faith promise how humble and just how blown out of the water I am? And, and frankly, I just don't have words to say thank you and how grateful I am. Uh, matter of fact, can I just tell you, I love being your pastor. I do, man. I love being your pastor. And uh, if there's one thing you do, there's a lot of things you do well, but one of the things you do well is you let you allow the executive team and the elders and leaders team, but as the senior leader at Faith Promise, you guys enable me to lead with joy. In Hebrews 13, let me give you two words that you guys do this. Hebrews 13, verse 7 Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. And in verse 17 says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with what? Man, I, listen, I never wake up just dreading having to come to work. Never. You guys, this, you never do this. I get to lead with joy. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. I know a lot of pastors that the only way they get to lead is through grief. Matter of fact, they would not go to the churches they lead if they didn't get paid. And it's, I mean, most of the guys out there, they, they, they dread going. And it says, it would be unprofitable for you to make the senior pastor lead with not, not with joy, but with grief. And so you guys are awesome. I love you, man, so grateful. Now, again, we know there are a lot of folks with us on the internet campus this weekend because there's so many folks traveling. So whatever campus you're at, whether you're at Campbell County, uh, and we're, man, we're going to move that soon, whether you're at uh, Anderson County or Blunt, you're moving soon. I know you guys are stoked over there. Whether you're at Blunt County campus or whether you're on the internet campus, which a lot of you guys are traveling, uh, we're grateful to have you. Our Pellissippi, you guys excited to be at Pellissippi? All right. And so now we know there's still some families that came in to visit with their families, and you came to church this weekend. That we're glad you're here. And this is what we believe. We believe that God's favor is on our church. We believe the Spirit of God is on us. God's anointing is on us. Amen. And one of the reasons that I believe that God's Spirit has chosen to dwell and anoint and give this church such an incredible level is this, that we truly want to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee. 
and literally from the world, our Costa Rica campus and all the other places, but we're just, we're committed to our Jerusalem and our Judea and our Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And so because of that, there's, there's one thing we really need right now, and that is if some of you could become missionaries to our Campbell County campus, we get about 50 folks from any of our campuses that could take a hiatus and could go up there for six months or longer. It is the most difficult field that we are in. It has a spirit of abandonment. Matter of fact, you know what the people of Campbell County say to Pastor Chad? When are y'all leaving Campbell? We're not leaving Campbell in Jesus' name. We're going to make a difference for God in that county. And so, but we need some help. If you could go up there, if you could spend some time. I know it's a hall. If you've never been there, go to the Green Dinosaur and hang a right. If you've never been there uh, in uh, La Follette, man, if you could go help us, that would be, that would be amazing. Now, we've, how many of you guys, now don't lie because God will strike you dead. How many of you are still somewhat with us on the Bible reading panel? Let me see your hand. Bible reading plan. All right. Now, I have great news. We start over in less than a month. And so the rest of you who didn't hold your hands up, who may or may not be going to heaven, you get a chance to start that next year fresh and new. And so I know people got bogged down, but we're going to do it. Now, we finished Ezekiel a couple weeks ago. We're about to finish Daniel. And I was reading Ezekiel, and if you, man, that's a lot of wrath of God, isn't it? I'm glad that we had some Psalms and Proverbs in there. I'm pretty sure I would have slit my wrist before it was over. And then we had some New Testament in there. But, but, but I was reading, and literally, one day I wrote in my journal, a lot of wrath of God. Thank you that I've been at the cross where the wrath of God already fell, and I'm the wrath of God is not going to fall on me. But God kept, I had another message to preach this weekend on people that didn't get their miracle that they prayed for the heart for the harvest. But I kept going back to Ezekiel 33 and kept going back. So I got my Bible and my legal pad, and I started making notes, and God gave me a message for us this weekend uh, there's a word for Faith Promise Church this weekend uh, that, that is imperative. And again, this weekend is us. It's sort of the core. You know, a lot of people are gone. This passage, Ezekiel 33, rocks my world. It haunts me. It impacts me. It drives me. It urges me on because God is so serious about his servants getting his message out. Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 1 through 7 together. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I bring a sword upon a land, and the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, that's our job. Are we watchmen? Are we watchmen? Okay, that's our job to blow the warning because we know judgment is coming. And takes him away. His blood will be... On his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet. We're, we're trying to get the word out. But he did not take warning. His blood will be on himself. But had he taken warning, he would have delivered his life. But if the watchman, who's the watchman? If the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes a person from them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require from who? Who's responsible? The watchman. Now as for you, son of man, I've appointed you as a watchman for the house of Israel, so you will hear a message from my mouth, give it to them, warning them from me. 
And so God said, Ezekiel, I've called you. I've appointed you. I mean, he said, I, I am serious, and if you don't warn the people and they're taking away their iniquity, then their blood's going to be on your hands. Is that what he said? Is that what he meant? Now, is that us today? I'm going to show you in a minute how it exactly is us in case you don't think it is. Let me ask you another question. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Is hell real? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Do we live like hell's real? Do we warn like hell's real? Now, see, we don't like hell anymore. 96% of Americans believe in heaven and 50% of Americans believe in hell. Amazing. What we don't like, we just sort of shuffle to the side. So let me give you another question. We know that hell is real. The Bible is clear that hell is real. So let me give you another question. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Who's going there? Who's going to hell? Lost people, terrorists, drug dealers, child abusers. Evil people, despots, and horrible people. But, but in Revelation 20.15, it gives a list of the people that are going. Revelation 20.15. And if anyone's name, who? Name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Who's going to hell? Anyone who has not been born again. Jesus said in Romans 3, 3, except a man, woman, be born again. They will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so that's the deal. So he told Ezekiel, warn, which is to, to, make, which is to shine a bright light. He said, sound, which is to, the trumpet, which is cry aloud. He said, I've appointed you, which means you've been assigned. You've been designated. You've been entrusted with a message, and that is us. You say, but wait a minute, pastor. That's Ezekiel. That's Old Testament. Listen, there's a reason why you should study the Old Testament. That's why our Bible reading plan for the year covers the whole Bible because the, the New Testament says that the Old Testament is types and shadows of things that are going to come. There's nothing in the New Testament that you can't find the, its origin in the Older Testament. And so if you're a believer, any believers in the house, Blunt County, <clears throat> anybody, any believers, okay. That means you're a watchman. And say, well, how do you know that? Well, let's fast forward a thousand years or so, and let's get to Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, Paul is at Miletus, and he has sent word for the leaders of the church of Ephesus to come and meet him. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He figures he's going to die, and he's got one last message for one of the greatest churches in the first century, which was the church of Ephesus. And so Paul sits down with them on the beach, Acts 20, verse 17, and has a conversation. You, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time serving the Lord with, with all humility and with tears and with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink. Now, if you have your Bible, you ought to circle this word. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly, that's corporate worship, and from house to house, what's that? What's that? Small group, Paul said, I taught you in our public worship, and I taught you house to house, solemnly testifying to both the Jews and the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me except uh, there, except that the Holy Spirit Solomon testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But and th listen, don't you get this? You guys want to succeed in the kingdom of God? You want to make a difference for God? 
This is, Paul was the greatest of all the apostles, and this is why. Here's his secret to success. But I do not consider my life as of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish the course. Paul didn't have to survive. That's why he won. Well, you don't want to, you don't want to win that bad, huh? Okay, I got that. That I may finish the course and the ministry which I received from the Lord, Jesus testified solemnly the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. Therefore, I testify to you. Here's his confession. I testify to you that this day I am what? Of the what? Of all men. For I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. I am innocent of the blood of all men. Paul was a Pharisee. Paul had Ezekiel 33 memorized. Paul understood it. And as he is speaking to the Ephesian elders, to the leaders of one of the greatest churches, he said, I'm innocent of the blood of all men, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole purpose of God. What did he tell Ezekiel? Get my message out or their blood will be on your hands. Paul said, I'm innocent of the blood. He is referring to Ezekiel 33 because he knew it only too well. Now, has anybody received the gospel? Anybody received the gospel? Come on, somebody shout. Let me hear you. As a watchman, then you have been given the call to share the gospel. Oh, no, that's your job, Pastor. I'd love for you to find that in the Bible for me. It's all of our jobs. Amen? We're all missionaries. We're all ministers. It is all of us. And so it is our job, as Paul said, not to shrink from declaring. In verse 20, not to shrink. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable publicly and house to house. And if we make it hard to go to hell, do we want to make it hard to go to hell? And if we do that, we can say in verses 26 and 27 with Paul, we can make the same confession that I am innocent from the blood of all men. Why? Because I did everything, for I did not shrink twice. He said, I am innocent. My hands are clean. Amen? Now, let me give you a few practical thoughts. You ought to jot these down. Everybody has a Christmas list. You're checking it twice. And so let me give you some real lists that you need to have all the time. Are you ready? Just some thoughts. Number one, develop a list of lost friends, family members, coworkers, teammates, classmates, neighbors. Develop a list of lost people that you are praying for. I have a list every day of people that I know are going to hell, and I pray for them every day. Some of them I love dearly. And so develop a list of people you're praying for. Number two, Have a list of who you're going to invite to church to worship and or who you're going to invite to small group. Number three, are you ready? Number three, who are you bringing to the Christmas service or series? We've got thousands of these invite cards, a storied Christmas. Man, take a handful, invite everybody you know, tell them it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever done. They're going to love it. People are open at Christmas for an invite. Why? Because they're watching the Hallmark Channel. (laughs) Hate that. You lose your man card for watching it. (laughs) Yesterday morning, I had my Bible and my coffee, and I was walking through the living room, which Michelle was watching. She fell asleep watching. There it was, and I saw it, and I'd stop for a minute. 
And they say, I knew. I lost my man card. There I was, sitting in this Christmas. See, people are more open. Christmas and Easter, the two Christmas holidays, people are more open. So who are you going to invite in the next three weekends? The middle weekend, two weekends, the best for the gospel. It is going to rock. Are you ready? So who are you bringing? Let's, let's, man, let's invite 50,000 people the next three weekends. Can we do that in Jesus' name? Somebody help me, man. I need you to talk to me. Number four, a question. Would you, wouldn't you like to make the same confession that Paul made? I am innocent of the blood of all men. Wouldn't you love to be able to say that? I've done everything I can do. I've Acts 1.8. And Acts 1.8, the Bible says, you, but we, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you should be. It doesn't say should. You might be. Does it say might be? Can y'all read? What's that say? Shall be. That means you are. His, some of you are bad witnesses. Some of you are good witnesses. But you shall be my witnesses. It is a legal, it's a legal deal. That, that means you are, you are given testimony in a court of law to what you see and know. I, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But this is what I want you to get. I want you to hear this because this is a warning for us. This, this is where I wanted to bring all this around to you. So if you're listening, say I am. It is easy to exit the evangelism highway. It is human nature to exit the evangelistic effort in a church. Because what happens, you get saved, you're fired up. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember being saved? Man, if you don't remember it, we... We need to talk. And so you get saved, you're thrilled. You're, I mean, I don't care if you're seven. The worst thing you did was smoke an orange crayon. You're still thrilled about meeting Jesus. And then, so you meet Jesus, and you want to tell everybody. You want everybody to come. You want everybody to meet the same Jesus that you've met. And so you invite everybody. Y'all remember that? But what happens is that excitement begins to die out. It's human nature for the fire to die out. Proverbs says, well, the lack of wood, the fire goes out. After 3.5 decades, 35 years of laying my life down in the church, what I have noticed is that the fire goes out. I've watched people that were rabid inviters quit bringing people. I've watched small groups that were fired up and growing quit. I've watched ministries stop. I've seen churches that I loved and thought were some of the greatest churches in America that are dying today. I've watched denominations that were cooking, rocking, shocking, man, shocking all winning people that are dying today. I've watched, again, from individuals to denominations lose the evangelistic fervor and fall off the other side of that bell-shaped curb, and it's horrible. If faith promise, I want you to listen. It can happen to us. Are you with me? We can, we can lose it too. We can, and you say, Pastor, that could never happen. Let me prove to you how it can. In Jesus' name, I pray that it doesn't. But these same people that Paul was just preaching to in Acts chapter 20, the leaders of the Ephesian church, the, uh, the church at Ephesus was, was the evangelistic mission center of the world. It was rocking. It was known everywhere. They taught, they sent people out. It was amazing. You can go to the book that's written about them. You can go to the book of Acts and read about them. You can go to other places in the New Testament and read about them. It is all through. These guys rocked it, socked it. These guys torched it. It was amazing. Again, the Ephesian church is throughout the New Testament. Does that make sense? Are you with me? All right, y'all, are y'all with me? Now, 
do we want to stay true to the vision? Four of you. Do we want to stay true to the vision? Blunt County, somebody. See, if we want to stay true to the vision, it's difficult because let me fast forward about 30 years from Paul's, from Paul's encounter in Miletus there at the beach with the elders. About, three, about 30 years later, give or take five years, it could be 40, about that, Jesus sends a direct text message to the church in Ephesus. I mean, he, sends, he texts them directly. Revelation chapter 2, he tells Paul, text him and tell him about this for me. The angel of the church of Ephesus, right, the one who holds the seven stars at his right hand, one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds, I know your toil and your, your uh, perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men, you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not, and you hate, and you found them to be false, you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake, and have not grown weary this is a rocking, getting, blowing, going church. They were organized. They were civil. Man, they were, they were committed. They knew the word of God. They had programs and plans. They were rocking. But I have this against you. Who's speaking? Who's speaking? Jesus directly to the church, text message from heaven, and says, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, and repent and do the deeds that you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place, unless you repent. Now, do you know what Jesus did later after this? He removed the lampstand from the church of Ephesus. He took, the, the church of Ephesus no longer exists because they did not do what he said, and they, they died as a church. Again, they knew the word of God. They were organized. They were disciples. They have all that, but they left their first love. What was their first love? The first love was the gospel. The first love was winning people to Jesus. The first love was getting the message out. The first love was being a watchman. And listen, this happens to me all the time. As a matter of fact, people that are, that are at Faith Promise this weekend, this is what people always want to do. And listen, as long as I've got breath in the name of Jesus, I won't let this happen. But people always want to turn the focus from without to within. Hey, we're big enough. Let's just take care of us. Hey, let's just worry about us. The first step of a dying church is to go from out there to in here. To quit looking at the, those people that are hurting and hellbound and lost and broken in need of Jesus and say, well, let's just take care of us. Now, some of you grew up in a church that was rocking when you were in the student ministry. Y'all remember that? Some of you? That church may not even be alive now. It's certainly not rocking. Why? Because they took their focus off out there where being a watchman and they turned their focus inward. It's the first step of a dying church. So what did Jesus tell the Ephesians church? Repent. Remember the deeds you did at first when you were evangelizing the world. Go back and do that. You say, wait a minute. Hold up, Pastor. Chill out. Wait, 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 wait. We had almost 13,000 for Easter. It was just a few months ago. We had almost 300 baptisms that morning. We, we're, we baptized 650 people this year. What are you doing? Let me tell you what I'm doing. For a lack of wood, the fire goes out. And it's easy to grow weary in well-doing. Because we're at war with hell for souls, right? 
right? We're at war with hell for souls, okay? That's going on. It is so easy to back off that front line. It is so easy to say, crap, man, I'm so sick of fighting hell. I'm so sick of being attacked. I'm just going to back off the front line where it's a little more cozy back here and have some R&R. You know what I mean? And before you know it, you, man, you've, you, you've backed off. Some of you have done it and don't even realize it. When you did that survey, again, that's not why we did it this week and it just worked out this way. When we said in the question, how many people have you invited in the last year? You can't remember a soul. And you used to be one that brought people and sat with them all the time. Tens of thousands of people will come through our doors just this year. They come through all the time. Some will come once. Some will come twice. Some will come randomly. Others will stay for a short period of time, and then, boom, they're gone. Why is that, Pastor? Well, it may be that the commitment level is so high, faith promise. Does that make sense? But Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily. That's a pretty high level of commitment in a me, me, me culture when we say we, 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 and them, them, them. It's so opposite of our culture that we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. So this message is for the core. It's for us. We're here this weekend. Man, we're so glad and thrilled and so proud of you. But listen, we've got to understand what's ahead of us if we're not careful. Because are we still bought in to win it, making it hard to go to hell? Are we? Are we? Come on, somebody help me. I need to hear it. All right. Now, we're committed to launching other campuses. We've got to add a service at Blount County. Should have done it this, should have done it this year. We're going to get it done next year. We're moving our North Knoxville campus in one more month, and they're going to light it up. In North. We need some missionaries to go to our Campbell County campus because, again, man, we, the, the, the devil is entrenched. Number one, Meth County in the state. Number two, Child Abuse County in the state. One of the poorest counties in the state. Man, they need the light and the love of Jesus over there. So we've got to be watchmen over there. If you can go, go. I mean, next weekend we start our Christmas series. Listen by tens of thousands of people. Amen? Went, Listen, we're not going to lose our fire. Hey, you know what's tough at, at Pellissippi campus? Why are you in the parking lot for 25 minutes? Do you know, I believe a couple hundred people have left in the last eight weeks because they got tired of waiting in the parking lot. God just wasn't worth it. Because there's a lot of churches, there's no wait. There are. And people just, and people, they bail. Listen, what we need is cameras out there because we can tell who's lost or saved as you're leaving. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? When you flip the fourth bird, we just need to pull you over. (laughs) So get out, sir. I'm sure you're lost. Get up against the car. We're frisking you for Jesus. No, I'm really saved. I'm really saved. Listen. And so... That person that's cut four people off and flipped four birds that says they're saved, they're just going to beat him in Jesus' name. Amen? <laughs> so, listen, re- there's a cost to going to church here. The problem is the reason that churches quit outreaching, quit inviting, is because the cost gets too high. We've got to add more services and more staff. We've got to have a heart for the harvest offering, and we've got we've to do this, and we've got to do that, and it takes me 20 minutes to get out of the parking lot. Listen, nobody cares to wait two hours at Neyland Sanctuary. <laughs> Crap, you walk through the rain a mile to your car to walk. <laughs> Dad, come on. Are you all with me? Does that make sense? And then you walk a mile back in the rain, and you're glad you went if they won. And so, come on. 
Come on, church. We cannot grow weary in inviting our friends. Matter of fact, some of the people that we were, we were cooking until we started talking about heart for the harvest, and then people bailed like rats on a sinking ship. They did. They did. I mean, people don't want to talk about money. They just want that. Listen, we're never gonna we're never gonna water down the gospel so people will come. Jesus didn't, did he? We're going to hold the line. But, but there's some people you need to go after. There's some people you need to invite back. And they say, but you know, well, I came and, and they were taking an offering. Well, are you going to another church? No, well, until you go to one, come back. It's an excuse. It's an excuse. Don't let them. Hey, listen, let's get right. Don't let them detour you. Amen? See, they'll try to get you off. You're inviting them, and they want to know if Adam had a belly button. Yeah. And you know, some of you go, what? And they say, see you. And they got you. Oh, no. Come on. Let's get on them like the hound of heaven. Amen. Let's put a bead on them, and let's get them, and let's bring them in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit of God. Lord, only you can impart a burden on us that'll get us out of our lazy boys, that'll move us to the next cubicle, that'll send us across the street to our neighbor, that will that we'll get us between classes to invite our friends, that will get us on the phone or get us on Pinterest or get us getting the video out. God, only you can burden us. And so, Holy Spirit, would you give us a burden for people that if they die today, they will spend forever in a godless, Christless devil's hell. God, would you unctionize and energize? Would you motivate and unctionize? God, would you move and transform our hearts that you would use us to make it hard to go to hell from East Tennessee? Spirit of God, reign in every campus. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, now some of you are coming and and you've been coming, but you've never made a fake decision. You've never stepped over the line and given your heart to Jesus. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to pray in confessional prayer with you. So if you're ready, faith promises, pray with them. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, and I am so sorry. I've thought about me and not you. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Help me to serve you. And walk by faith in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, listen, I want you to take the communication card that's in front of you, fill that out. Maybe you need a small group. Maybe you need a place to serve or sign up for our Next Steps class. You Maybe you want to go to our Next Steps area and find out where, what your next step is. Uh, before At all the doors, there's some of these Christmas cards. Hey, are we going to invite tens of thousands of people? Hey, look behind you. Y'all see those stands? Y'all see those stands? They're empty. Let's fill those up. Jesus, hedges the highways, compel the commandment. Let's fill that up for God. Amen. Be blessed. We love you guys. See you next weekend.